Welcome back to The New Exchange, a podcast series that explores how everyone has a story to tell. My name is Ken Grandpierre, and this is the start of season five. At the top of each season, I always find it important to give a mini intro to who I am and what this podcast is about for the new listeners. The short of it is that I'm a photographer that's traveled across the US and Europe, working with some of your favorite artists. This series was born out of the personal conversations we'd have backstage at theaters, restaurants, bus journeys. I'm sure you get the gist. What I've found throughout my career is that it's the differences we have that ultimately highlight how we actually have a lot of similarities. That the nuances of our different walks of life can bring us closer rather than force us apart. And that belief pretty much rests at the very center of this podcast. Today's premiere episode is beautifully special, and I'm so happy that I get to finally share it with you. Editors are a British band that have achieved a multitude of remarkable feats. They've released six magnificent albums throughout their 17 years as a band, two of which went platinum, with their debut album also being nominated for the prestigious Mercury Prize. Editors have also headlined multiple festivals like Best Kept Secret, Down the Rabbit Hole, and Pokemon. These guys have played arenas all over the world, and it is truly so wild that I can say that these people are also my friends. But hang on a sec, if you're unfamiliar with editors, you're probably asking yourself, what do they sound like? Well, that answer is gloriously complicated. They're a rock band that strives to be unconventional in every sense of the word. Sonically, their music bravely meshes organic and electronic textures, fitting equally at a club night as much as a beer-soaked rock club. Lyrically, they excel at contrasting soaring emotional high points with a dark murkiness that comes at you in an unflinching manner. There's a lot to be said for doing things your own way, and I attribute a lot of editors' success to just that. They're not a band that aims to play the game, and so much of that seems to be on display with their upcoming album, EBM, which comes out this Friday. Back in 2015, I went to the UK and photographed some of their shows. To this day, that's the most creatively inspired experience I've ever had, and getting to do that also began a friendship between the band and I. On that tour, I got to witness a brotherhood that had no creative barriers, and how a commitment to craft could be innate amongst a group of people. Those qualities are what we explore in today's podcast, along with having a chat about how they continue to evolve as a group. Joining me are frontman Tom Smith, drummer Ed Lay, and the newest member of the band, Benjamin John Power, aka Blank Mass. The band has a European tour kicking off on October 1st in Spain, and a UK and Irish tour kicking off next January in Nottingham on January 25th. If you're a North American fan, don't fret, I suspect the band will be around sometime next year. For more info on their tour dates, be sure to visit editors.official.com. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode and want to learn more, I'd highly recommend a recent bonus episode I dropped, which further explains who I am and how this series came to be. It's the episode titled, But Wait, Who the F is Ken Grandpierre? Remember to subscribe on the app you're listening to this on, and also to rate and leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. Those ratings help us independent creatives in a massive way, and if you like what you hear, do let me know about it. This is the new exchange of editors. Enjoy. Hey. 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 hey, there you are. That's all. Ah, uh, yeah, I did. Oh man, it's so lovely to see you a lot. Yeah, we're recording already, uh, just to let you guys know. But yeah, how how are you doing? Pretty good. How are you, man? 
Uh, I'm doing good. I imagine you guys are like well into rehearsing, yeah? Because you have like a whole. You already played a bunch of shows, but you're playing a bunch more, right? Yeah, we um we've done some festivals, and now we're kind of gearing up with this guy over here for October European tour. So yeah, this is Ben. So yeah, yeah, Ben. Nice to meet you for the first time. Like last time I saw them, they were saying such nice things about you. Like yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sure about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was like whenever you guys played uh, Irving Plaza, like here in New York, which like with the whole pandemic, it feels like a fucking lifetime ago. Yes, doesn't it? Yeah, it was a while ago, for sure. But that was, uh, was that was violence tour, wasn't it? Of course. Yeah. Well, it, it's become very important for me to like say this in the context of um, when I talk to people that I haven't talked to in a while and just in the midst of the whole pandemic situation stuff. But like, it is generally lovely seeing your faces again, yeah? Ah, oh, on. you too, mate. You too. Come on over as soon as you can. Oh, uh, yeah, I absolutely will. Like, so, you know, before the pandemic, you guys were touring in support of uh, Black Gold and, you know, the closest thing that editors will ever have to a greatest hits album. And I wonder if the idea, you know, like, Ed, you and I talked about that, like, right before you guys went and did that, about, like, how the idea of you lot doing that was something that you would have probably never considered, like, touring something like that. So, what did that experience end up being like? Because you did get to do a couple of dates before the world shut down, yeah? We, we got to do like the last concert before. <laughs> before the shit hit the fan, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, was, it ended up being quite nice. Do you know what? I think we were, we were all a bit apprehensive about doing, um, yeah, what it means to do a best of, that process. And, you know, we've always enjoyed moving forward and thinking about the future and doing new things. So, um, Despite those reservations, the process and the tour, which we did get finished, like you mentioned, um, was a lot of fun. And it was quite nice to be nostalgic and to think about the past and to talk about a lot of songs that we've not talked about for years. And just think about it, really. And uh, so putting it together was, was kind of cool. Yeah, it was all right. But it did get, you know, we, we got the whole European tour done and through the UK. And then pretty much, I think, I remember Wembley was the last social evening I had with everybody in London. And then it all, when we did two more shows and then it was, yeah, we were, we were in it then. I mean, we were, like Tom says, we were so lucky to get our, most of our things done. There were a few things uh, in Greece and actually in Ukraine and Russia, weirdly enough, which we were supposed to be doing. Um, but they got called because of the pandemic. Uh, but you get so many bands, especially brand new bands, who release their debut record and what are they doing? They, they want to promote it. They want to go out and do it and they, their career is almost halted before it even starts so yeah yeah i was actually funny enough in amsterdam with uh the balthasar guys i know you guys toured with them like years back and um we were there like right before all the shit locked down and i still remember like they did two nights at the paradiso and i remember like talking to their crew about like all the summer dates they were gonna do and it was just so fucking weird was that after the Wembley gig, like Tom, as you said, that that was like the last kind of social evening that you had, like, was it quite a while until you guys saw each other again as a band? Because I imagine it must have felt really trippy having distance after spending so much time together, yeah? You mean, you mean seeing each other actually physically in person? Yeah. I think the next time we saw each other would have been in the studio for, for EBM. Wow. Uh, all together, yeah. All together, yeah. Um, obviously, we you know, in contact quite regularly and so I'm sure we'll talk about but you know songs were flying around and discussions and, but um, yeah we entered lockdown and to start with there was still a 
a belief or the chance that the summer was going to happen and then that didn't happen and then the following summer people had hope about that and then that didn't happen either so um no we were in the midst we went straight into like lockdowns homeschooling crazy times anxiety about the future and um it wasn't till quite a long time after that we were allowed to get together physically and because you know we live from different parts of the country so when everyone goes home we're not in the same town anymore so it's not easy just to see each other on a one of your uh, allowed walks or whatever <laughs> uh, <laughs> during those crazy early lockdowns but um yeah man so it's to make this record which was kind of, it was a bit it was nuts because obviously it was new people new songs and just the emotion of being with these people again that's so beautiful yeah i was in london uh in 2020 christmas 2020 and it was like the first time i went to london i didn't see well the uk in general didn't see any friends because it was that time where boris was doing the whole like christmas isn't cancelled but anyone who was sensible really wasn't going out so it was like a weird time. zoom parties galore yeah uh, all the zoom quizzes of <laughs> Uh, ben, can you describe to me what it was like for you to see editors the first time? Because something that's interesting with these lot, I feel like when you see them live is like when there's like this big click moment that happens. And I mean, I've showered them with compliments about the live show many times over the years, but there's a dynamism that they have that I feel like a lot of bands don't have. And I wonder what that was like for you. Well, I mean, you know, see, seeing songs, as you say, seeing songs that are, you know, that, that epic. To see seeing them live, I mean, you can't you can't really escape the fact that that's somehow feels like that's how they should be experienced. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's you know it's 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 a beautiful thing to see live. So to be invited into the fold is um, you didn't have to think very long about it, put it that way. <laughs> I, I you know like that was something I was going to bring up a bit later on, but it's it's worth mentioning that like when there's a band with like over four people. It's kind of a rare situation where people willingly add more members to it. I think it's a testament to how much the guys love you, Ben, that it's like they would want you on. Like, like Tom and Ed, can you speak to that a fair bit? Because I think that's kind of, it's kind of rare. Uh, well, like, we've done it twice. <laughs> <laughs> we went from four to five and then, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, it's all because it's all of this... Um, I guess it's all because of lockdown, what we started talking about, you know, this this album and the whole all the conversations and, and what's happened because of the situation we found ourselves in we were because we were you know we were trying to put together a concert um with ben of old edit song um in a kind of electronic kind of techno fashion it was going to be in um, a festival kind of in a tent and it was going to be this kind of in our heads it was this kind of like editors dark gothy club night and then the pandemic took that away from us but the conversations started and Ben suggested doing new songs at the concert which is kind of a crazy idea really but he sent over some ideas and this thing just started to snowball and um but even though the pandemic took away the concert it never happened the the seed you know was was growing and the album yeah came came into life you know what I mean so it, asking Ben felt like the most natural thing in the world to do because we've been mates since violence and we hung out quite a lot there's a mutual respect and we love what he does musically but we were friends you know and it felt natural um yeah but it was some, there were some big questions being asked you know it's yeah. like you know about everything it's like it was just, but it was a strange time just to frame it in what was going on wider is um it's completely unique i imagine it probably felt like quite a 
you know, with regards to like big questions and such at, at such an uncertain time, I think it was quite brave of you guys to ask somebody new <laughs> into change. the band. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think yeah. that's part of the. I think that kind of like enjoying that kind of like growth and change and doing something perhaps surprising is is kind of exciting to us. It always kind of feels like the right thing to do. I think that was always like very apparent for me, for editors as well. You know, I think they, you know, historically have been very um, brave with creative decisions and, you know, could very easily have stayed in a comfortable place, but like the willingness to experiment is something that is paramount to me within the music that I have made historically. And to see that um, parallel with these guys, you know, it's, it, it, I feel, you know, very, very much akin with their um, creative bravery. I think just on, on a purely live sense, though, I think we were, I think just, we were all like, just fucking cool to have like someone else on, you know, Ben's like, just, I'm just looking because we're in our rehearsal room right now, just have another, the idea of the band getting bigger to me mm. is just always exciting. They're like more sound, it's like when we're playing, all six of us rocking out, it's like, it's cool, man. Like, so, but that's just purely boys with toys kind of excitement. You know, one of the lovely things about having you here, Ben, and you brought up uh, violence because you worked on that album as well, is that, you know, when I consider that album and I consider this new one, EBM, I feel like the seeds were planted in songs like Belong and the title track, Violence. And I feel like those are the most adventurous areas that editors had like explored up until that time. And I wonder if you would agree, like all of you lot, that the experiences you had in crafting those songs specifically kind of opened some things up for you, like creative. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say unfinished business, but I think we wanted to work, we wanted to expand our work with them. And it's either, oh, do you want to come and produce us, like fully produce us, you know, obviously it wasn't that, it was sort of remote producing and co-producing mm -hmm. that was on violence, but yeah, to have him, well, you know, it, it's like, it is that thing, take a risk, let's do something a little bit abnormal, let's integrate him fully into the writing and the whole process of um, making new edits record. It was just so uh, appealing. Yeah, it's been, it's, it, has, it has felt like an extension of that in, in a way, just because I guess sonically it kind of, you're right, it's, it's so the seeds, but I think the way we approach certainly writing the songs has been incredibly different. Yeah, I feel like, um... Circumstance certainly led us to towards this kind of <laughs> moment, but um, circumstance makes it sound a little bit unromantic. Yeah, it does, it? but then I was going to say, but serendipitous at the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, because like, yeah, violence was the beginning of our kind of creative relationship, and yeah, perhaps it's unavoidable as well. Maybe, maybe it happened anyway. You don't know, do you? Who knows? Like, but yeah, yeah. I think that working remotely, like the thing that took it away from being producer on our new editors record was your writing involvement you know yes. what I mean? yeah. and your kind of like willingness to share these song ideas that completely floored us and blew us away and then for us to work on them collectively so that's a bit of a change yeah you know I, mean? I guess that's what i meant with the circumstance element because you know we, we we might not have found ourselves in that position if it hadn't been for the awfulness that was happening in the world okay. that we started to you know i started to Know, send song ideas to you as opposed to you know producing song ideas that the guys had already written and i imagine just like with the fact that both of your careers have been like you know 
quite long and just what I think about experiences with bands and studios and singer songwriters even is that you know it's so difficult to create that distance from like what you're making and the times you're not you know actually sitting there making something that I've seen it in studios before people have to like proactively create that distance I almost imagine that maybe the lockdowns and knowing that like you could just like go outside for a walk if need be in a more like you know tangible way it probably made this whole experience very um, different compared to the other records as well, yeah? You were saying the other day how you kind of, you lived your life, the very, very, very contained life with your family and meal times and schooling and the kind of rigorous nature of it. Family goes to bed and then it gives you this opportunity to really get free, I guess. Ben sent me a new song idea. And I've got, <laughs> it's like, in amongst this kind of like, Oh, I don't know, bleakness, worried about the future. You've got this really exciting kind of thing that's arrived in your email to work on when the kids have gone to bed. It's like, it was the hope. You know what I mean? That was, the, it was like, yeah, man, you know, at some point someone's got to hear this because there's got to be shows again. Just, mm -hmm. This is too good. for, And also this whole thing's got to work out. Like, so it was, I mean, it's such a strange time, completely uncomparable to anything. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So... To have it to work on during the lockdowns was just, it was just, it was everything. It was, yeah, it was the hope. Well, you bringing that up kind of lead, leads nicely into something I was curious about. And I feel like that exuberance that you kind of highlighted there comes across in the music in a very interesting way. But going off like the lyrical themes of the album, and I know this is going to be a bit of a massive question, Tom, but do you feel like when you were like writing the lyrics, whether or not you thought about the songs being a reaction to what we were all dealing with or what you were dealing with personally or maybe it was almost a way of shying away from it where because i've talked to some musicians where it's almost like you don't want to think of the idea of like a record being a pandemic record and some people feel like they can't extract the two while others feel like they want to do anything but i wonder how you felt in that matter i mean i certainly didn't deliberately apart from the song silence i didn't deliberately deal with it um, and the early stages, but look, I mean, but when I look back at it now and think about it, there, you know, there are things in there I can see and why they're there. The early stages, because initially this, we were writing songs to be heard at a concert, you know what I mean? And the idea in our heads was this kind of, at this time we weren't allowed to do this. We were dreaming about like a sweaty festival tent full of people, kind of that kind of hedonistic kind of like environment playing this, these songs for the first time. So a lot of the earlier songs felt like they were kind of, there was a yearning for, yeah, I guess hedonism or kind of collective, a collective experience like that, you know, with being with other people. So Karma Climb was the first one. And even in something like Kiss, which I think might've been the second or third, it was like this idea of being with somebody else, you know what I mean? But also it kind of as a way of escapism, you know what I mean? Kind of like, kind of pulling you out of the um, day to day. I didn't deliver, apart from with Silence, like I said, Silence was one song that I think I thought, well, I am trying to write about here, like, people that I'm missing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you know what I think kind of reflects on what you're discussing there, lyrically and sonically? Like, I'm reminded that a few months ago, I was talking to the Canadian band uh, Metric, and funny enough, when I was talking to them, you guys came up, because uh, the context was their guitarist, Jimmy, who produces most of their music. On the last record and on this one, they allowed like more people kind of to come in to help them, like friends and collaborators. And I brought up how 
I've observed you guys over the years in the context of like, you know, the people are on this call right now, like Justin and uh, Elliot and also Russell, who's incredible about like how you guys have been together for so long that anyone can contribute on like a production level, on an instrumentation level and have different ideas. And I feel like what I've seen with you lot ever since like um, in weight of up to now is almost like this further expansioning of your brains where there's like just a lot more space creatively. And I feel like when I was listening to the songs off EBM and with the addition of Ben, I've saw that too. And I wonder if you feel that way when you reflect on this album where you can, I, I as a listener feel like I could hear that the band's production has like grown a lot, but I wonder if that's how it feels for you lot as well, the people who's made this music. I think to start with, you're very much a band, first couple of records, a band that is, you know, you're in the presence of a producer, you're being produced and you're kind of like, you're in that environment. It's great, don't get me wrong. But I think over the last 10 years, I think we've all realised that, um, yeah, our, the role of being in a studio is something we enjoy and we're quite good at for different, you know, degrees. You know, I think we've all got little producers inside of us. I think we like it. We like kind of experimenting and tinkering, being in that environment. And I think over, you know, as time goes on, you feel more comfortable in that, in that, in that environment. Yeah. I mean, obviously Ben's coming at this with you know, more production experience, but you're right, Justin has done a lot, Elliot as well. And I think we've all got a lot to contribute in that environment rather than just being there recording songs and then hoping someone else takes care of it. You, I guess yeah. you take more ownership, don't you, as you yeah. get, get hold of it. You know. Yeah, that's incredible. I think it's because we enjoy it, do you know what I mean? And you feel like, it's nice to be part of something that you feel is like functioning, you know, well, creatively and thriving and kind of surprising you. You know, it's mm. like, I think that's when it, you start to feel like that, you're like, well, this is good. This is I, I really want to start asking about some of the songs. Um, and the first one is like my favorite one that I heard, which was uh, Karma Climb, because I think that song is a great example of like everything we've been discussing, especially in terms of evolving of a sound. Because it's one of those songs to me that sounds like, it's like an intersection. It sounds like editors in like a classic fashion and also a big step forward, especially the guitars and like the keys. It's almost like the way they're mashing against each other. And I wonder like, do you feel like crafting this specific song revealed anything new to you about the band or where the band is at? Because it does feel like a step forward to me. Well, I guess in a very, a very literal and chronological sense, that was the first one that we wrote together, actually. So I'd say you bang on the money with that assumption. Yeah. Yeah. That's wicked, look. And it does sound, even if it was made in lockdown, it does sound like a band in a room song. Like eventually it did become that, I imagine. But I imagine with the genesis of it, that was very different. So that's really interesting. Huh? Yeah, I think, I think um, yeah, obviously the earlier stages of the writing of them production kind of, kind of hand in hand in some ways um it was it was more electronic but i think they still felt like little rock songs just with you know yeah just, i guess a lot more drum machines and stuff going on but we always knew part of the process would be at some point when we were allowed to get physically in the room together was to, to see how the rhythm section worked and the things we'd be creating and it came together well but i think that song yeah i mean we've been playing it um over the summer and it does feel yeah, it sits next to things like An End as a Star and um, you know, some of the songs that people perhaps associate as new. It sits next to them quite comfortably, which is cool. Um, but they, you know, there's a lot of songs on this record that it won't be so comfortable. That's also cool and uh, exciting. But um, yeah, straight out of the blocks, it's like, it's accessible in the media. 
Yeah, it really much is. And then what's interesting is you have a song then like Kiss, which is a bit more of it has a bit more of that industrial brashness, but it also feels very it feels more dancier and almost cleaner than Karma. And in some ways, this kind of ties back to when I brought up Belong earlier. I feel like Kiss is almost like a weird cousin to Belong from violence in a weird way. And I wonder if this was like a new kind of song to wrap your heads around as well. That's interesting. It's interesting how much you talk about Belong. I need to listen to that song again. It's been a while since I've heard that one. Um, yeah, I mean, they both share this kind of like dramatic, elongated outro section, which takes you on a, you take like a, a Twitter U-turn halfway through. You think you're in somewhere you feel no, and then now we're going somewhere else now. Uh, Kiss was second song. Kiss was second. Yeah. Yeah. Disco song from the beginning, wasn't it? it was like, yeah. 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 I, that maybe, you know, harks back to the, the, the point that, you know, this was, you know, originally the songs were almost kind of like purpose built for an, a certain environment. And I feel like we were very much still in that place at the time. Absolutely. Yeah. Just to kind of have a song with real sadness in it, but. Um, but also be a disco song, be a song for, for the dance floor. Yeah, it's almost like, um, who is it? Like Robin, how she does that stuff where it's like, you can listen to a song on a dance floor dancing away, but if you listen to the words, you might actually want to cry or something. Yeah, it's more than just the words, it's the, it's the big sweeping kind of melodic content as well, which I know I find quite stirring. But, uh, you, you know, yeah, it's just um, designing songs for sweaty love clubs. Yeah, a time where it was very difficult to get away from a, like a, perhaps sentimentality and overdrive. <laughs> but, you know, how rare is that when you think about it? Like, I mean, we're obviously, we've had to talk about, like, you know, the pandemic and context. But I think what's fascinating is if you consider what you've been saying there and just the reflecting of it. It's kind of fascinating how rather than thinking about a world that we, we're not aware of or a world that's like at a distance or like, you know, in the future. It's interesting how there was like a time where we were like reflecting on the past and almost things that would arguably be mundane, but recognizing that there was like a bit of romance in there. Like even that, like a sweaty club where you're dancing, which, you know, pre-pandemic was like an everyday affair that many took for granted. But, you know, you're locked in your room on like your fourth bloody zoom quiz of the week and you're like oh that would be really nice wouldn't it yeah <laughs> it's so true it's so true i'm so i'm also so conscious about like constantly talking about pandemic but then when you start it's like actually it's, it's quite important part of the story isn't it like yeah it's like yeah i feel the same way like when i when i launched this series and i was like talking to axe i remember just thinking right off the bat i was going to avoid it and I did a couple of talks where I did. And then when I listened back to him, I was like, it's just like the elephant in the room type of thing, especially because another thing to highlight, a, a very rare instance where you can bring up something and regardless of where someone in the world is listening, they could relate to what's being discussed, which doesn't happen often as well. Yeah, yeah, kind of unified everybody. Yeah. By the way, I have to say this, and this was like a big thing I wanted to bring up when I knew we'd be talking. Um, I love the fact that as we continue to live in this world of playlisting, that you as a band continue to make albums and not just albums, but very intentional albums. And for example, like something that people might not be aware of, but there's many acts that nowadays release songs. They release albums that have like over 20, 30 songs with the idea of 
uh, different songs charting on playlists and different songs getting various streaming numbers and pretty much trying to play with the algorithms. And I feel like there's some acts who were lent to that idea as a form of, you know, playing the game, which is understandable. But me personally, as like a music fan, I find it kind of lame almost, especially if there's no intention behind the craft. So like I think back to an album like Violence, which was nine tracks, and so is this one. And I wonder if not like specifically the number of tracks, but just the idea of how the album flows. I wonder how intentional that's continued to become for you, Lord. Yeah. Committee yeah. by committee. It's always a huge discussion. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm the new kid, but you know, that I can see it's a huge consideration, you know. Track, track listing and such, but I mean, you know, that's it had to be with me historically as well on stuff I do on my own. It's not, you know, it's something that's yeah, very considered. But yes, it's I feel I feel like you know what you're talking about there. It just it, it, it's not relevant to us who we are as our age, who we are as a band. Do you know what I mean? And also, we're not that prolific to put a record out of with like twenty songs on as well. It's just like I don't know. Well, that, mate, that's the funny thing, though. There's a lot of acts who are doing it who aren't prolific at all. That's the funny thing. Yeah. But you're right. There is a kind of a trend of making these streamable albums that have you know, got 18, 19 songs on. It's like... It's whatever works for them, though, isn't it? It's fine yeah. for them, but yeah. it's not for us. I don't think it ever will be. You want to make a record that feels... feels like a journey, you know, is exciting, takes you, takes you places and... You know, with this record, it, there was a couple more song considerations, something we didn't quite get to where we wanted it to get to. And ultimately, it just felt like, you know, anything more to this record would have been a bit too overwhelming because it's quite full on. You know, it's quite, it's quite confrontational, sonically. It tugs you around. Yeah. So, yeah. It, it, you know, it felt right. I mean, it's still like, was it? It's like 50 minutes or something, isn't it? So, yeah. yeah. Also, it would be a bit of a, an underplay to get a new member in the band. Uh, change your kind of vibe for the tour, change the aesthetic, get somebody else on board and put out a four-track EP. <laughs> you know, yeah. that would be a real waste. And <laughs> so I think we've, you know, we've gone quite strong with it, you know, choosing the name of the record as well. That sort of statement, the logo wrapped up in the name, uh, what it stands for, you know, whether you're looking at it from an editor's black mass or EBM electronic body movement kind of take on it. It's it's a it's a statement. It's a sort of position. It's a change of tack. Do you know what? Like the way you were saying that, Ed, it kind of tied to like when Tom was talking about getting tracks from Ben, like you know, and like looking at them after dinner. I'm almost imagining like how that was prevalent amongst all of you, like as you were working on this. And it's wild that you know to have something that you could focus on in regards to a group of people. I think that's something that we find. Like people like me who aren't in bands, that's like one of the things we find so mystifying and interesting how you could have something that you're working towards with a group of people and like on a certain level, you have an alignment on what you want to achieve. And it's not even about anything being positive or negative. It's just about something existing. And there's a beauty in that. Well, and also at the time, the way it was worked out was, you know, me and Russell weren't particularly involved early doors. So we were presented with something fairly far down the line when we heard the songs and we didn't know the genesis of all the points it's like was that was that a guitar line first of all or was that a synth line or something so when we actually we had kind of an audio playback on this zoom call we're all getting you know pins in and we're all drinking in the background and having a 
having a vibe off and making notes and sort of chatting about how we want which song to go. So that was such a bizarre experience, you know, hearing your kind of half of your record for the first time um, on a on exactly like we are now. <laughs> uh, but also it gave us this freedom because the songs were kind of there to go into the studio and like you were saying before, not being just tied to what you're doing because kind of sort of knew what we were doing. So I just need to get in there and flesh it out. But then to be able to add to how the finished product was. Do you know what I mean? That's kind of, it was, that was liberating in its own way. And I, I brought this up earlier in the context of Karma Climb, but I think it's applicable to the whole record that after you brought up that story, but just how amazing is it that even with that as the start or even a halfway point, at the end, you do ultimately sound like a band. And I think that's something I've grown to appreciate about you guys a lot, where every instrument is heard and every instrument has a place and it is like this form of harmony. You know, like Tom, earlier you brought up about like how this album's quite abrasive. If I had to describe it, because I do sometimes try to think of analogies to describe different bits of music. I feel like the album's almost like somebody shaking a cage, but stomping their feet at the same time. And kind of like that visceral motion of a body doing something that's almost like unhinged, but there's almost like a rhythm to it. Yeah, man. I love it. I love it. Such, I mean, such an important part of it. Um, and, we, you know, we didn't know exactly how it would pan out was... The time we spent, we went, so after, you know, a lot of the songs were kind of, you know, we knew the structures and we knew a lot of the production, but there was no kind of like band, you know, the guitars hadn't been done properly on the vocals, but we, we got together in a studio in Lincolnshire, which is where we made the back room. Um, so there was a slight familiarity for some of us, even though that was quite a long time ago now, but um, to go there, and it was also, the, like I said before, it was the first time that we'd physically been in the same room as each other. Um, for, I don't know what it was, over a year, year and a half, I don't know. So it was all the, it was all the feels, it was all the emotions. And, um, and we had this stuff to work on and we knew we had to try and make this thing, like you say, a band, a band, a band become a band thing, you know, and, and everybody have their say and everyone get involved. And um, so much hung on that, that period of time. Was it two weeks, three weeks? Yeah, it was just the initial thing. So as, as soon as things started to click into place there, it was like, well, here we go, we have, um, we, we're onto something. Do, do you feel like you lot would agree on the track that you're looking forward to people hearing the most? I mean, as, as a fan of you, I don't think I ever envision a time that editors would be releasing a track called Pink Lemonade. Uh, I think that one will be, it's called Strawberry Lemonade. And I think it, it will be one of the songs that might scare people. Um, what... I'm trying to think here. I mean, I, I, the, yeah, it's, it's interesting for me because I have never, and I won't, you know, up until the first show that I'm going to play with the guys as a, as a full-time member is the 1st of October in Valencia. So I've never been part of like a, a machine on stage. Do you know what I mean? I've had, I've had bands before, you know, but it's been like a duo and, you know, when I was younger, I was playing in punk bands and things like that, but never to, to, this, to this level. So quite honestly, you know, even, even in this rehearsal space right now, all of the tracks excite me. <laughs> but um, I feel like picturesque seems like one that, I, I mean, that's, that's the first track that we all rehearsed as a new entity. 
you know, with my involvement when we came into the rehearsals. So that's what I was trying to say. Yes, I think we're all excited about that one. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, Strawberry Lemonade possibly has got potential to be the wild card of everybody's evening. Right. Mm. Um, yeah. But also, there's another track called Strange Intimacy. Whether we do it on the tour, I don't know. I think we're all hoping we do, but it's um, it's like a techno Alice in Chains song. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and that sounds so good. I'm yeah, sure. I'm sure you will all agree. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, it's I, that gets me gets my juices flowing. But um, a strawberry lemonade probably uh, is yeah. Like I say, it's it's got. It's got an element of surprise about it. Some, you know, much is made about the kind of the electronic leanings of, of what we're doing right now. But at this, at its heart, I still think this is a rock record. Mm. Um, and that even when it is being very electronic, it, a lot of it feels rooted in in rock. Um, yeah. And I think maybe in a way that we've never done before. Certainly, actually. Uh, and the balance between the guitars and the electronics. Yeah, is it is it a new a new balance for us? Shall we say it's vivid and it is rock at its heart. So that type of stuff is always fun on stage. You know, you know, there's not a and I don't mean negatively, but there's not a lot of subtlety on this album, on this particular album. It's full on. You know, I have to say, and I was just talking to a friend about this a few days ago. It's kind of serendipitous that you brought up that word, but. I don't know what it was that made me say this, but I was just saying to her like how as time goes on, I don't know if it's necessarily an age thing, it might be, but I was just saying I'm finding myself having a bigger appreciation for that when music isn't necessarily subtle. Like I love subtlety at times and especially if there's themes that kind of come up and about, but there is something quite profound when someone could be direct about a feeling or an emotion and convey it in a way that you as a listener just like pick up on it we um i mean yeah i mean i, I get it depends where you're at at that, at that moment in time doesn't it as performers or songwriters or, or whatever we just got back from a, a european stint and we went to see ramstein in germany and uh there wasn't much subtlety there either <laughs> <laughs> and i think Wait, did you say Ramstein, the big band? Yeah, 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 in Germany. Yeah, in Germany. I, I should be seeing them in uh, two weeks. I've never seen them, and I love them. And like from what I've seen of clips of the show, it looks. How are they making any money? That is one of the craziest things I've seen in my life. Like. Yeah, merchandise, <laughs> merchandise, mate. Yeah, it's it is an event for sure. Um, but like it, it, we're in Germany to see it. We're in a stadium in Düsseldorf. Yeah, in in the thick of it was uh, it was it was a moment. I mean, I think probably. One of Tom's, I don't know if you mind me saying this, but what he's been listening a lot to recently is Ghost as well. Oh, uh, yeah. Theatrical, huge rock. Um, it, and a lot of melody as well. Oh, tons. Absolute tons of it. Absolute tons. And th there's, you know, you, you compare bands like that to sort of huge pop acts, really, in terms of how they can sort of craft a song. So I think we all like a bit of immediacy and uh, um, over the top theatrical vibe, I guess. Um, how are you with that, Ben? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I'm certainly um, drawn towards the bombastic, shall we say? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, it, it's good bringing up like uh, acts of varying degrees of inspiration, because uh, Tom, I actually want to ask you something specific, because I remember 
the last time I talked to you and Justin, we we spent a fair bit talking about uh, Massive Attack, particularly about like how it's very interesting with them as an act. And you were saying to me at the time how editors kind of emulates this about like how they've become this like very proficient studio act, but they still perform live. And when you see the live show, it is a thing of like, this is a live band. It's not just like, like there's two separate worlds that somehow work and editors kind of function that way. I was curious though, like, have you have you ever met them or had the chance to meet them in the ensuing years or not? No, no, we've never crossed paths probably. Um, not that we've met them. No, a few gigs, yeah. a few same shows, share a few of the same crew. Yeah, we're in Bristol now. Actually, we're yeah. in there. We're in their stomping ground. Oh, um, could be on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but um, I, I, like, going going back to what we were saying before, that kind of like feeling more comfortable and inspired in that studio environment. You know, kind of tinkering on. It's you know something that we 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 absolutely kind of share with with the band like Massive Attack, yeah, because you know, obviously they're studio band as well. Uh, hopefully soon, and that's wild that you're in Bristol. Like you saying that when you said that, it just reminded me of um that Colston Hall show that I was at way back. I think it was like 2015. That was amazing. Oh, yeah, that yeah. was a long time ago. Yeah, it's not Colston Hall anymore. Oh yeah, that's right. Thank fuck for that. Um, yeah, if you're listening and you're wondering why, just do your Googles. It's a wild story. But um, yeah. I, I feel like I know the answer to this next question. I have only a couple more questions for you. And this, this is another big one. I feel like I know the answer, but I'd love to explore it. And it's a question that could almost seem kind of aggressive, but I think it'll be fun. In some ways, do you feel like the band is at a place, especially because like, you've been around for so long, <laughs> that you feel comfortable with the idea of people not getting it in terms of the music? Meaning that sometimes the flip side to having like abrasion and like, a lack of subtlety in terms of like emotion is that like I was thinking about um Kendrick Lamar recently in regards to this like his most recent album and I saw this interview that Tyler the creator did and he was talking about like how Kendrick put so much emotion on that album that for some people it'd almost be too intense to deal with it and I wonder if like you guys ever have thoughts like that when you're making this music where it's like if people don't get it who cares like I wonder how that kind of comes across in your minds like so, I mean, so, uh, if people don't get it, I mean, uh, I, yeah, I think we've long felt like that. Pa- perhaps tying it directly to the emotion behind music, I'm not, I'm not quite sure what I think about that. But, um, you know, I, th- I think still the bravest thing that, that we did was, was that third record. And when we put out Papillon and In This Light, that put a lot of people off, you know. Um, we lost a lot of fans with that record. But without doing it, it wouldn't be that here talking to you now in terms of making that step being brave it's one of my favorite editors records just because it's not the same favorite as a lot, a lot of our fans that's cool you know people have different opinions that's fine but um mm. i think being brave and getting a kick out of it and not worrying about your audience being selfish ultimately doing music that you find exciting puts you in a puts you in the right stead to do this for longer uh, and um like i say without doing that record I don't know how much, how much longer things would have gone for, really. Um, so, yeah, but that's just being, yeah, not pandering to your audience. I think that's pretty. Hmm. Sure, not trying trying to uh, break your own definition of what you might have been. First of all, I mean, or, or what other people think of you. Um, yeah, you shouldn't mind too much. Yeah, I, I think it's. I think it's important to. I mean, this probably sounds like a very contrived cliche for any 
creative to say, but I think it's very important to make sure that you are enjoying yourself and that surprising yourself creatively all the time. Because I think, you know, not everybody is going to like what you produce, but I think what, what is more offensive to people is if they can smell fraudulence, do you know what I mean? If they can smell fraud in the, in, in the act of creativity, you know. So I feel like, you know, pushing, pushing yourself and surprising yourself and experimenting and trying new things. And I think that's where the, where the joy comes out. That, you know, if people are on board, then they're on board. People always say that they like you to step out of your comfort zone, but like, I'm most comfortable when I feel like we're doing something I don't know what we're doing. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, like, like that's, that's, that's pretty natural. Like you feel like, oh fuck, you know, this is, well, how are we doing this? Well, let's, you know, we'll find a way and it's, it's cool. Um, yeah, I think it's because there's an excitement, isn't it? You know, there's a wonder. Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. Yeah, wonder's a good so, word. Yeah. Um, in terms of emotion, like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if you can be too emotional. We're an emo band at heart anyway. I think, I think that's what keeps people coming back is that kind of resonance with singing about something that's, I don't know, I guess kind of a little bit deeper than some pop music. But I appreciate that it doesn't go deep for everybody. But I think the people that are still listening to us I think they, that, that kind of emotional resonance has, has been there from the beginning till now, you know. Yeah, and I think everyone in the band shares this love of, you know, has had similar kind of musical tastes and musical upbringings, you know, music that may make you feel sad, but acts as catharsis, you know. And I feel like that's something that we all, all share, actually. Yeah, I was going to say, like, how happy are you this isn't like... Uh... A magazine spread interview because I feel like unfortunately that that quote there where an emo band at heart would just be like fucking a quarter of the page in big text over a photo of you lot. That would be our backdrop to the tour. <laughs> <laughs> it would do grand on Instagram though I reckon if you did that so there's an idea that's right there. You know the genesis for that question was when I was like as these new songs were trickling out the singles the element of like glee I felt while listening to them was this feeling and this understanding as a listener that I wasn't considered at all in a way in terms of like the creation of Genesis. Like I was like, Oh, there is no, when these guys got together and made this music, there wasn't a predetermined idea of what I should take away from it in terms of like metrics and things like that. And, you know, not all music does that, but I think there is an increasing amount of music that does do that. And it's refreshing to just know that, the listener doesn't have sway over what you create. I, I, I appreciate that as a listener. Yeah, uh, yeah you, couldn't be, you couldn't be more on the nail, really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the flip side of that is you can, you can maybe get a band that which we, you could aim at us that has, I don't know, has, doesn't have a defined thing. You know what I mean? Like a personality crisis, identity crisis, you know? <laughs> you know but um, I don't see that myself, but yeah, I, I, you know, we. We, we are quite selfish when it comes to music. It's all about us. <laughs> I love that. You can't love yourself. How are you going to love somebody else? <laughs> to quote, well, <laughs> Ben with the gems there. Ben with the gems. I will say, Tom, I totally agree with you about the third record. I would argue as well that the second record has that quality to it too. And all, all the editor's albums are big leaps forward sonically because even if the sound of that second record has some semblance of the sounds of the first one, the songs are so much bigger and grandiose that if I think back to when you lot were making that and thinking about 
willingly trying to sound bigger. It seems obvious, but that must have been fucking terrifying. You don't know what you're doing until you do it. And we were babies as well, man. I, you know, there's um, we, you know, we were we were talking about him the other day. Jack Knightley was such a big part of that, you know. And I, I wouldn't change anything that we've done. You know, what I mean, you know, some some records I like more than others, and that was the perfect record for us to make at that time. But I think you'll see a better reflection of our tastes really in that third record. It certainly is a collective, as there's four people back there. Yeah, but we're babies, aren't we? I hadn't really considered how different those first two records are from each other. The first two or the, the first two. So right. from yeah, the back. They really are. Yeah. I hadn't really considered because it was just you were plugged in and we just did not stop. It was, you know, we, we were establishing ourselves, we were playing. Too many shows, probably, in a very short space of time, and then pressuring ourselves to get a second record out, which pretty much every band has to do, I guess, if they want to make an impact on, uh, you know, to try and get their career promotion. Um, yeah, but, yeah, it's it was it's a funny one because, yeah, I think you're right. It is probably if you put if you put uh, in this light next to the back room, it probably wouldn't be as big a jump. As, as it maybe was from the second. Yeah. So maybe that was naturally what we are, because we, we worked on, you know, that first record for two, three years together. That's, that's the way the band formed, and like, we saw our direction of travel. Do you know what? Like, I know this is obviously just, like, being a bit of a fanboy at the minute, but just thinking about the inclusion of Ben in the band and playing live shows, I'm just thinking about like a song like Blood Drool with like more bodies on stage and oh that's gonna sound so fucking big, isn't it? That's that's on the list of potentials, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. That's oh, it's potentials has to be there. Well, it's it's such this is such an interesting time. That's in the rehearsal now with Ben for the first time as a as a live, thinking about it for live. So obviously we're going through the new record and trying to make them work. And then there's a big list of potential old songs that we keep going back to and trying different things out to see um if yeah, how Ben how find a world to live in in the old songs. Yeah, and um, see if uh, if it works. Uh, you know, yeah, see, yeah, yeah, and uh, I'm sure some will, will be fucking amazing, and some will go, ah, oh, maybe that's not quite right, but we'll see. But um, in this light, yeah, I agree. Well, obviously that record as a whole, casually observing, you think I can I can hear Ben in those on that album. I mean, you can see, you can see him bringing out the best of that record with us. It's really interesting, but we were, we've done two songs from an end to the start, which perhaps you would think, is Ben going to work in those songs? Um, yeah. but, you, that, but Rats today sounded wicked. It's, it's interesting because I, you know, I was a fan before, before knowing the guys anyway, so I'm familiar with these songs and I don't want to just step in and kind of like, oh, here we go. You know, I, I want them, I, I want, when I'm on stage, I want to hear them, you know, how they should sound, you know. So it's like an, an interesting one for me. You, you, you know, I feel like the guys wanted to bring in like a new lease of life to some of these tracks, but you know, it, it's it's a, it's a strange one. You don't want to kind of like, you know, it's shit on something see, um, that's already perfect. I, you know well, what I mean? I understand what you're saying. It's, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, to me, it's been exciting. It's so exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting. Yeah. That has to be so trippy. Like, I'm thinking of, like, Justin as well. And I feel like I could totally picture Justin shouting at you, Ben, to, like, fuck up a song more, just, like, shift things around. <laughs> like, I could totally, like, hear his voice doing that. Like. It's more like Russell prodding yeah. you to do. Yeah, it is, actually, yeah. yeah, it is a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty good.
closest to me in the room. Yeah, do that again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Before you wrap up, I wanted to ask one more thing. And um, I've been mostly asking younger bands this because I feel like there's almost more of a closeness towards life pre-pandemic and now with wherever, whatever we're in. But, you know, to be through the last few years of like, you know, the lockdowns and all that and to come out with like touring being weird and it kind of getting realigned, you know, whether or not it's intentional or not, there is an innate defiance towards what society expects when you think about being in a band. And I feel like being in a band was that even pre-pandemic, but now it's even more kind of precarious. And I wonder, like, I'd love to hear from the three of you. I mean, I know it's your careers and your lives, but like, when you think about what you're doing, what do you think it is that still makes you want to do it, like inside, that makes it so important for you? Wow, I mean, that's a, that's a, it's a big one, isn't it, really? I mean, I, we, we, we've all been doing this for, for so long. I mean, me speaking personally, I just can't see, I can't picture myself doing anything else. Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're right. Things, I think you use the word precarious, and although gigs are back on, and you know, there's, there's, it's, 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 it's weird out there. People, it's, it's hard for people. Um, there's less money around. Everyone's struggling, and it's like there's nervousness about pandemic and stuff, and it's not a completely relaxed environment. But we're so lucky to do what we do. Like I said, I don't think we can imagine doing anything else. So, like, I think just throwing ourselves into creation and creating and, like, like I said, during the pandemic itself, like, the act of, like, working on these songs was, was life-giving in a time where, you know, we were worried about would there ever be concerts again? Would we ever get to hang out with our folks? Yeah. Such immense anxiety. The act of creating was, like, life-giving at that time. So. I and now moving forward, I just think we're lucky and um, I'm thankful for that. But it's still just a fucking buzz to get and play these songs loud and you know, play to people who can come, you know. So, yeah, there's no drug quite like it. Yeah, no, that that's very well put. And you know, just one more thing actually. So, this will be coming out the i want to say the tuesday of the week of the album release so people who are listening now the album's coming out on friday it's mentioned in the intro but we mentioned again and you know this is kind of a rare situation where we have this aligned a lot of the times the episodes will come out right after the album drops but interestingly enough someone listening will probably go listen to the album on friday is there anything you lot want to say to that person who's going to be hearing ebm for the first time Get up early, stick it on repeat. Yeah, don't operate. Was it heavy, heavy machinery? Heavy machinery. Yeah. <laughs> I love knowing. I love knowing that someone's listening who probably isn't familiar with the editor's catalog, and that might be that most likely will be their first entryway into your music. I love knowing that's going to be I mean, that's that's fucking wonderful, though, you know, isn't, you know, because you're right, there will be some people that this is their starting point with the band, which, you know, that's mind-blowing. And... um, To have that, that catalogue to go through, if this is the starting point, it's like, you know... I'm in for a confusing time. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Oh, I'm so jealous (laughs) of those people. 
This was lovely. I, I've missed you guys. Um, it's so great to see all you. Ben, it's been brilliant meeting you for the first time. Me too. Yes, thank you. Yeah, it's all very, all very new to me right now, but it feels um, they're, they're very, they're very welcoming. Well, I mean, I hope everything's grand with your families as well. And like, yeah, I hope to make it out to see you guys sometime soon. Like, I reckon sometime next year, I definitely will. I'll be in Europe at some point, And like, you guys have like a lot touring. I, it's wild knowing there's probably so much more dates that haven't even been announced yet. But fucking hell, like, I imagine next year will be really busy for you a lot. Yeah. It be, should be. Yeah, we've got the UK tour. And, and ideally, there'll be a load of festivals and some more stuff. So yeah, if you are out Europe way, there's a strong chance we'll be playing um, somewhere around. Yeah, it'll be really good to see you. Thank you so much for checking this out. Be sure to subscribe to The New Exchange via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you stream podcasts. Until next time, thank you for listening.